Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Many thanks for joining us uh, on the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Um, we're really thrilled to be joined by Eloise Sokpopada. Um, she's Occupant Experience and Sustainability Lead for Sage Glass. Um, I'm going to let Eloise ex- um, explain what she does there, but um, if you're listening, please subscribe, um, leave a review, and uh, also visit us on uh, the YouTube channel, Journal of Biophilic Design. Um, Eloise, many thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Vanessa, for giving me this opportunity to have this discussion together. I'm very excited about that. That's lovely. (laughs) Um, Can you tell us about yourself, please, and uh, what you do and and, um, and who you work for and what you do there, please? Yes, sure. So I'm Eloise Sopopardon. I'm French, as you can hear it. Um, And so I work at Saint-Gobain-Sage-Glass. Maybe I can give you a bit of background about uh, that company. Um, so Saint-Gobain, it's a 350 years old French company that manufactures uh, and distributes materials and solutions for buildings with the goal to make our buildings more sustainable and comfortable for the people. And Sage Glass uh, is the dynamic glass of Saint-Gobain. So it's a glass that can change its tint from a clear to a darkest state and inversely in response to the weather change or to the occupant's needs. So by doing so, it can control at any time the amount of natural light and heat that comes into our building. So occupants can always benefit from natural light, but without suffering from glare or overheating, which are the main risk when we design with windows. And the fantastic thing about Sage Glass is that it keeps the views all the time because it remains transparent. So unlike traditional solar control solution like blinds, you know, which when they are down, you don't see the view, you don't have enough daylight. Well, this is not the case with Sage Glass. We really maintain natural light and views without creating any visual or thermal discomfort. So that's the idea. Okay, that's great. And what do you do there, Eloise? And so um, I, well, my main role is really to understand better the link between the built environment and the people and to gather all scientific evidence that supports the benefits of a well-thought design uh, integrating solutions like sage glass for the people and to raise awareness about that, to talk about that and, and share um, to, to a large audience all of this uh, knowledge. That's great, thanks. Um, obviously, the whole point of Windows is to encourage natural light and obviously, but biophilic design, we're always banging on about um, the importance of, of natural light. But in your opinion, why is natural light important for us when we're when we're working, when we're in our homes, when we're in hospitals and education, why why is natural light really important to us? Well, actually, um, natural light is important and even crucial, I would say, for many reasons that have been demonstrated in many type of studies. Um, It's, first of all, it's important for sleep, to sleep well, and we know how important sleep is for many aspects of health. Um, natural light is also important to be in a good mood. It's also important 
uh, to be alert during the day and so that we can uh, be concentrated and perform better at work. Or if we are a student and we need to, to study at school, it's also important to um, be uh, focused and learn better. And um, for the people who are sick, for instance, natural light has been shown also to uh, improve the recovery rates and to reduce the need for medication, for instance. And even if you are in good health in general, natural light is essential to sustain health at the long term, to boost our immune functions, our metabolic health, and so on. So um, there are many reasons. Um, myopia also, I'm thinking about that, has been linked uh, to a lack of exposure to natural light when we are outdoors. We don't really understand the exact mechanisms, but we know that there is a strong correlation. Vitamin D production, the best way to get vitamin D is to go outside and to have um, a bath of sunlight. So yeah, um, as I said, there are many reasons and, and we, we, we have observed those benefits actually for quite a long time. But what is interesting for me is that we have only started to understand the mechanisms, the physiological mechanisms behind those benefits very recently, about 20 years ago. So, yeah. Is that recent, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's very recent, actually. Um, it's actually linked to the discovery of a new type of receptors within our eyes. So, um, you know, we, we, at school, uh, in, in our biology class, we learn about uh, the rows and cones in our eyes, which are used uh, for vision to, to, to see what uh, is happening around us. But um, at least for uh, myself, I've never heard about a third type of receptors. And those were actually discovered in 2004. So as I said, very recently. And those receptors have nothing to do with the vision, but they play a major role in the regulation of an internal clock that is located in our brain. And this internal clock, this is the clock which will tell our body um, that it's daytime and that we need to be alert and to be efficient in doing what we need to do. And this is also the clock that will tell our body that, oh, it's, it's night very soon. So you need to prepare to calm down and rest and so you can have a good sleep. Um, and this clock, actually, it reacts to light through those new type of receptors that were discovered 20 years ago. So that's, for me, you know, very fascinating and it was a revolution in, in the research community. It really helped to understand all the empirical benefits of daylight, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so that's, that's obviously, is that linked then to circadian rhythms, what we call circadian rhythms? It's, yes, yes, exactly. Actually, this, this master clock, that I've talked about controls all the circadian rhythm within our body. So those rhythms are cycles of about 24 hours that are followed by many functions of our body. So the probably the most known 
circadian rhythm is the sleep-wake cycle. But you have others like um, the production cycle of some hormones, cortisol, melatonin. Uh, our core body temperature also follows a circadian rhythm. Yeah, and actually those rhythms, uh, they are controlled by this master clock. And um, what I didn't mention previously is that this master clock needs to be reset every day to the solar time so that it can then send a signal to our circadian rhythm and make sure that they are well synchronized over time. And the main way to reset our internal clock is by being exposed to daylight during the daytime and to darkness during the daytime, which are the conditions to which we, we, we evolved for the majority of humankind's history when we were living outdoors. Mm -hmm. So that's quite logical that we need that, you know, even in our modern society. Mm -hmm. And actually, if we fail to synchronize all the circadian reason, it can have uh, very serious consequences. Mm -hmm. um, we can suffer from diabetes, uh, obesity, uh, cardiovascular disease, depression, cancers, and so on and so on. I, and the, maybe the most extreme example of um, this kind of issues uh, is people that do shift work wow. um, because um, they need to, to work during the night and they cannot be exposed uh, anymore to, to daylight during the daytime. At the end, they will suffer from this kind of disease. But we can already feel uh, this kind of symptoms when we are traveling and we suffer from jet lag. It can happen. Um, genetically, some people also can have some circadian rhythm misalignment problems. But more recently, because you know we, we, we spend the majority of our time indoors and because during the evening and the nighttime, we can still be exposed to light due to artificial lighting, mm -hmm. we suffer from what we call social jet lag. Okay. Okay. Yes, with uh, the symptoms that I've described uh, on sleep, uh, obesity, diabetes, and so on and so on. So, yeah. don't you don't think that as you know, because we, we think about like the mental well-being a lot, but actually there's a there's a this is like you just really, you know listed off these physical ailments that um, affect us, um, you know, if we don't have, if we don't give ourselves a proper, what, what we, you know, body clock, or you say master clock, um, if we don't um, subscribe to that, if we don't um, allow ourselves to um, have access to natural light, or we shut ourselves off from it, or we put artificial light on all the time. So we're constantly yeah. on, I suppose, is it? I suppose that's exactly. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Obviously, with the with Sage Glass, you've got a solution which we're going to talk about shortly. Um, but with with windows, obviously, you know we've got natural light coming in, but that also affords us um, to have views views out. Um, you know, if we're if we're sort of if we we're designing buildings and we have the you know the luxury to be able to kind of create buildings from scratch. So architects that are listening, <laughs> um, you know, they they obviously know the benefits of natural light. Sometimes it's not always um, an option, but we, you know, if we can design, if we have an option to design um, with as much natural light as possible, the views that we have is really important to us as well. Um, I mean, do you have a, any opinion or do you have any views on that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, actually, um, views 
for now has hasn't been the the, 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 the topic of as many research studies as daylight. Mm -hmm. However, um, we start to understand uh, very uh, interesting um, things about the views and the benefits that they can provide. And I guess that most studies looking at the effects of views were focused on natural views, mm -hmm. uh, views to, to nature. Yeah. Um, and actually they are two theories that I can speak about that were developed in the field of environmental psychology um, that helps to, to, to support the benefits of use to nature. So first is the attention restoration theory. Uh, and it states that uh, viewing nature can help to restore our attentional capacities because natural scenes they, they may contain some specific features that call on a, a, a type of attention, an effort, effortless type of attention, mm -hmm. so that our key attentional resource, you know, the, 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 this, those resources that we need to focus on a specific task during a, a quite long period of time while inhibiting any external or internal distraction, um, this key attentional resource that we need to, um, uh, to solve a problem, to carry on plans, to make decisions, and so on. This kind of attention, we, we, we don't need that when we look at a natural scene. So in the meantime, it can replenish itself. Because actually, um, this key attentional resource, it's subject to fatigue. You know, uh, over some time, if you overwork it, your... Uh, yeah, your, your brain is in burnout situation, you know, and viewing nature has been shown to, 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 to help to restore this kind of attentional capacity. Yeah. So that's one theory. Another theory is the stress restoration theory, and it states that uh, viewing nature helps um, to, 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 to favor positive emotions, mm. like uh, feelings of calm, interest, pleasure, and in this way, we could cope better with stress. Mm -hmm. And the main pathway identified for that actually may rely in the evolution of the humankind. Because once again, for the majority of our history, we have evolved outdoors. But even today in our modern society, we are said to have kept preferences towards natural environments, and in particular environments that contain features that in the old times have helped our ancestors to survive. Yeah. So those could be vegetation like trees, grass, or water, which were indicators of food, but also caves, rocks, and scenes with some visual complexity and visual depth so that in the old times, our ancestors could watch our predators and protect themselves. Mm -hmm. And so even today, we are said to react positively towards this kind of environment. Mm -hmm. So that's another theory focused on the views to nature. Mm -hmm. But um, having said that, more broadly, uh, views in general can bring other many benefits uh, on mental health, 
uh, and on physiological health. And one uh, reason is, you know, we, we, we talked about daylight previously and uh, the circadian rhythm and so on. And interesting, interestingly, very often in studies, daylight and views, they are addressed separately. Some studies look at the effects of daylight and other studies look at the effect of use and there are some benefits observed. But actually some of those benefits may be confounded, meaning that um, daylight and views would actually be two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. In the sense that the views and what we are able to see through the views also influence the amount of daylight that comes into our eyes. You know, it's not when you want to do a visual task, you know, it's okay to have some, some, some light on your desk, but from a biological point of view, um, what is important, it's really the, the, the light and the daylight that falls vertically on your eyes, you know? And so it's all the more important to have the possibility to, 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 to see out through a view. And what we see, for instance, if we are able to see the sky, which is very rich in, in blue light, uh, which are, you know, special cells are very sensitive to, it will be much more powerful to reset our biological clock and align our circadian rhythm than just, you know, um, um, 300 lux illuminance levels on your work plane. So that's why I'm saying that daylight and views are two sides of the same coin and should be addressed um, as a whole, you know, uh, because they, 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 they are so linked together. So that's an important point for me. Yeah. Um, psychological uh, benefits of windows views. I think you mentioned that um, at the beginning of the conversation. You know, when we are indoors, actually windows are our primary way to connect us with the outdoors. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe today we don't realize that anymore. It's taken as granted, but <laughs> that's, that's what it is. And so um, with windows and window views, we are able to see what is happening outside. We are able to see the, the, the changes in weather uh, along a day, the changes in seasons along the year, and that's good for our mental health. And also we are able sometimes to see the people outside and to see, see people um, doing things. So it also acts as a social bond. And yeah. we have seen during the lockdown period when during which people couldn't go out and meet with people, um, we have seen how Windows views became important. Actually, there was a study published by the University of Manchester in January this year, showing that during the lockdown period, people gave more importance to their Windows views because it enabled them to connect socially in another way. Yeah. So it's yeah. uh, another key point for me, I guess. Um, and yeah. I could quote other examples, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as you say, it's, it's really important to have, um, you know, have views out, I think, as you say, because it connects us to outside. So, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've got a lovely view here. 
I kind of where I sit, I've got, you know, views of cherry trees and the squirrels and the birds and the robins. And and it's just nice. You know, every now and again, I'm, obviously I'm sitting, I do loads of computer work and it's just nice to rest my eyes. And but you mentioned the blue, you know, the, that importance of having blue sky and I, and and it's something we forget about, actually. And I've I've forgotten about it when you just mentioned it. I'm thinking, actually, yeah. And that is, there is a restfulness when we look at the sky, when we look at the blue in the sky, it's like, um, you know, sometimes we have, gosh, oh, isn't it just a beautiful day? And it fills us with something, doesn't it? It just fills us with that joy and that awe and, um, yeah, that sense of calmness and stuff. But obviously there's something um, physiological that's going on as well, like you say, with those receptors in our, in our eyes and, and things that's actually giving us, um, it's actually, it's like nourishment, I suppose, isn't it? If some, if you want to think of it like that. So, um but, um, but thanks very much for that, Eloise. Um, can we, can we, I'm, I'm intrigued. I know you've got the product just to your right. So listen, so people who are listening, please go to the YouTube channel, Journal of Biflick Design, um, or go to our website, journalofbiflickdesign.com forward slash podcasts, um, and have a look because you're going to demonstrate, is to show us it. So, and I'm so intrigued. So can you, can you sort of describe what the product is um, as well, obviously, because listeners will be you know, obviously listening, um, but can you describe what it is and, um, and sort of, obviously, you know, sort of how it works a little bit thank you yes for sure and so i will make the demo at the same time so i will turn a bit my camera so that you are able to see the samples that i brought there so this is a, a small sample of stage glass but actually it's meant to, to be installed on um, facades or skylights of, of buildings and so you see here it's in what we call it in it clear tint so at this stage, you know, it lets maximum daylight uh, inside the buildings. But as, as we said, you know, um, sometimes too much daylight is not good either because it can cause glare, because it can bring also too much heat inside the buildings. And so we have the ability with stage glass to tint um, the full piece of glass or only part of it in order to, to, to control this amount of, of daylight and heat. And so I will activate it. Actually, I will activate the upper part of the glass so that you can see the difference. And so actually it's, um, when you, you, you see it, it's really like um, standard glazing. You know, you, you, you don't see, if you don't know that it's a stage glass, you don't see the difference. Um, but what is interesting, and you will see it, um, um, just just right now is that when it thins, well, it will remain always transparent. You will always see through, so it will always keep the view, and yeah. uh, you don't have this effect, you know, with, that you have with the blinds. That once you 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 you, you um, put down the blind because you you, you want uh, to, to block the sun or because you are too hot, um, well, you block your view and uh, you need to. Um, put on the artificial lighting. So oh, I see yeah. that uh, you are already seeing yeah. it. Yeah. And so if I put my hand just behind, yeah. hello. <laughs> if I'm going like that, <laughs> you're still able to see my face. And so we are still able to see what's happening uh, behind the glass. So, okay. so that's you see the difference on so the bottom part is still in the clear state in yeah. case you know we, we still want uh, 
some, some daylight. And here we have the sand, for instance, we, we just tint the upper part to, to, to block the, the sun, which creates some glare, but we can keep uh, some amount of daylight in the space. Okay. So this is um, um, one, uh, one of the, 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 the product we have. And actually um, what I, I cannot show you, but I can tell about you is that we have um, a new product, which is called Sage Glass Harmony, which um, features a, a gradient transition, meaning that instead of having this line, you know, separating um, the, the two zones, yeah. you can have, um, you know, a, a gradient transition from uh, the, the, darkest, the darkest thin part and the clearest thin part. So both from an aesthetic point of view, yeah. and I guess from a biophilic design point of view, it um, looks even better. Yeah. So, yeah, so it looks more natural kind of thing. It looks exactly, more like, exactly. So, and that so this this um, filter or you know this sort of elect electronic or this kind of um, dynamic filter that you put on there that that actually also uh, helps reduce the heat. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, when you yes. see, obviously we've all sat in um, you know workspaces where you know we've been, we could, I, I gravitate to the windows. I just always do. You know, I've always taken my my desktop even in these live work. You know these these um, pop-up workspaces, you kind of, I always go to the windows and sometimes you think this is really great. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm really hot, I'm really hot, but you don't want to lose your space. So this is actually a really good option because you can, um, yeah, if you can obviously somehow it will be activated and probably automatic or I suppose whoever you've got, you've got control over it if you've got your own yeah. windows or whatever. So then that's great as well from the whole biophilic human centric design point of view that you can create it for the people inside or you've got control over the, the window next to you. But I love that. And I also love the fact that the new product that you're doing is, is more, it's like, it's called Harmony because obviously it's a yeah. harmonious um, thing. I mean, people who might be listening who are photography people, for instance, we have like a, um, a, 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 a filter that we put on on things that we can drag down and then create this gradient. So it's like a lovely, beautiful gradient that you can put on to kind of like make it darker at the top or whatever, you know. So um, so I love that. I love the idea of that. So you can actually create, you put your own gradient on your view. I love it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks very much for that. So, um, so which, you know, sort of who does it help? Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the products that you, you're putting in, I mean, you know, have you got like a sort of case study or have you got like any examples of who you've, where you've installed it or who, you know, how you've helped um, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, this, this is um, a product that uh, has been made available on the market um, uh, since maybe 10 years now, um, starting with... Sorry, Eloise, Eloise. Yeah. Sorry, there's a, there's a bit of uh, vibration on the thing. I don't know what that is. So, say again. Is it better? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, that's great. I don't know what happened actually. Oh no, that's great. Sorry. Yeah. So if you could, if you could, um, yeah, explain maybe some how it's who it's helped and and yeah, maybe case study. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, um, you know, in really in in this in this objective to um, understand better. Uh, the impacts of this kind of technology on the people and, you know, to, to, to demonstrate that uh, we, we meet the promise that, uh, that, that, that we tell everybody about. Um, we have uh, started a few years ago to put in place post-occupancy evaluations in buildings with sage glass. So we did interviews, we deployed surveys, 
in order to collect feedbacks of the occupants about um, their satisfaction, about the product and, and the impact on their thermal comfort, on their visual comfort, and even on their general well-being and, and, and productivity, if we are talking about some office space. And um, that's very interesting learning from us, of course. Um, maybe one example that I can give you that I have in mind um, are the offices of Ubisoft. Um, so Ubisoft is video game, big video game company. So they, they, they moved into a new office building uh, located in Lyon, in France. Um, that is equipped with uh, stage glass on the facade. And so we interviewed uh, some of the occupants and we, we deployed a survey. And uh, the, the, the interesting thing for me is that, you know, in, in their old buildings, they used to, to, to work all the time with their blinds down. And so in, in very dark conditions. And you, you can think, okay, uh, to, to those people, they are mainly programmers, you know, and you may have this, this preconceived image of the programmer that likes to be alone in the dark, you know, in his own world to, to, to focus on his work. And, and maybe that's why they, they lived in the dark and they draw the guys. Okay. You can think about it. But what we realized actually after um, asking those people is that, well, those, they, they are not different from you and me. I mean, they like the natural light. They like to, to be connected to the outdoors. Um, but if this means that they, they, they won't see anything on their screens because they work with two or three screens at the same time, or if it means that uh, you know they will have a sun patch on their head and that will create some thermal discomfort, no way. Just draw the blinds down. Yeah. So uh, that that was very quite of funny for me. And um, when we deployed the survey, actually, we were surprised of the high participation rate. Uh, there were about 130 people out of 150 people uh, responding to the survey. You know, it's, it's high huh, for a survey of this kind. So they really wanted to, to express their satisfaction, to express the, the, that they, 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 it was a major change for them because they were now able to still being connected with the others while still being able to perform what they need to do. So for us, it's, it's the biggest award that we, we can have. Um, and the, this is why we, we, we want to deploy more of this kind of approach, which actually is not standard huh, in the construction industry. Uh, usually when you design and build a building, you, you don't come back to see if people are happy, uh, which is uh, quite a pity uh, in, our, in my sense. So we, we, we want to do more of this, to collect more feedback, to improve ourselves also. Huh? We are not perfect. We, we could improve. Uh, but having this kind of feedback for us is, is highly positive. So yeah, and, and yeah. makes us believe that this kind of technology has a future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's really good. And you, it's called sage glass for a reason, because it's intelligent, isn't it? And it's, you know, so, um, I mean, do you think more businesses are understanding and, and sort of, you know, construction people are understanding the benefits of natural light? Um, you know, is there a shift in understanding, do you think? I think there is, even if it's slow. Yeah. Uh, I think, yes, there, there is a 
raised in awareness about the importance of natural light within the, the construction industry. I guess it's mainly driven by um, some labels. Uh, maybe you've heard about uh, LEED or GRIAM in the UK, HQ in France, and more recently, the WELL standard, uh, which is really, really focused on, on, on how to make buildings more healthier for, for the people. I guess those have helped a lot. Um, some entities like the World Green Building Councils or even some other universities like Harvard or EPFL in Switzerland have made some good job also to start disseminating the, the, all this knowledge through different reports. And we, uh, part of the industry, uh, also try to help, you know, to make our possible to disseminate the knowledge. So it helps. But on the other hand, I still believe that, and in particular from the end user point of view, uh, this topic is not um, sufficiently well known because my, my perception is that unless you are in a windows, windowless room or in very, very dark condition, as soon as you have a window, whatever the size, whatever the, the, the position, how it's designed, it's okay because, you know, once again, from a visual perspective, when you have too much light, glare or not enough, you notice that immediately. Mm. But uh, whether you have enough light to reset your master clock and entertain your circadian rhythm, you don't know. I mean, immediately your body doesn't tell you, hey, uh, you need to, to go out and, and have more daylight, you know? We, we will only feel the effects after some time, at the earliest, maybe a few days after, Mm. or uh, months or even years after when we will start to have problems uh, with, with, with sleeping, uh, some disorders, uh, some disease, but it would be too late at, at that time, you know? Mm. So I guess that we need to continue to, to raise awareness because it should be considered as, as a public health issue, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so, so true. Yeah. yeah, you say public health issue. Exactly. That should be. It should be on the policy. It should be on everybody's agenda, really. Um, you know, there's all these different elements that makes up. And I'm, I've got. I'm always banging on about healthcare, for instance. Um, I mean, I don't know what the hospitals are quite like in in France, but over here in England, they can be quite. Well, I mean, obviously they're sterile for a reason, but I mean sterile in a design point of view. And they're scary places. There's no um, frame of reference that's soft or that understands um, that we can kind of recognise. So, you know, so for, so for instance, in an ICU unit, you could be, you know, the last last thing you might have seen was your home and or familiar or you might have been outdoors even, you know, and then some, you wake up and there's all these sort of scary things that are around you that there's nothing you, you don't recognise anything. So having a window is proven that it really helps us kind of reconnect and it brings our cortisol levels down, which helps us our blood pressure drop, which means we less need medication. It means we get out of the bed quicker, which is better for an economic point of view as well so um yeah i just uh, i just really hope that you know all of us we're all sort of pulling together to kind of like make a change and i think um what you're doing there with that with the sage glass thing i mean um uh, uh 
you know, I was flagged up to your, your product through um, the Sangroban uh, people like Andrea and, and Paige that I know. Um, and I think it's really lovely. So, um, you know, thank you for, for taking the time to explain that there's this, you know, this option that people can install and use. Um, is there anything else that you'd, you'd like to add, Eloise? Um, yeah, maybe one thing. Um, we, we, we talked a lot about natural light, we talked about the views, um, but I guess it's important to, to remind that it's, it's not the, the only aspect to look at when we design and refurbish our buildings. We, we, we still need to look about all the aspects of comfort, of well-being and health of the people. Uh, for instance, we, we talk a bit about heat, you know, um, because when you design with light, you, you, you also need to consider the heat. And overheating in particular uh, can have also serious consequences on, on, on the health, on the performance. And you know, with, with the, the climate change, we are facing more and more um, heat waves. Uh, and we know that it can cause deaths uh, if we, we are not able to find solutions to, to cope with that. Mm -hmm. um, for, for, for performance, for, for learning, we, we know that an increase in temperature is related to, 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 to um, a lack of performance. There are studies showing that. So it's also important to, to be able to, to control that. And then you have acoustics uh, that I'm sure you, you know a lot about uh, air quality, which people have focused again since the COVID crisis. And beyond that, of course, there is the environmental issue. Okay, it's good to focus on the comfort of people, but not at the price of the planet, not at the price of the environment. So it's a very complex equation that I think we need to, to, to keep in mind and just not to focus on one aspect, but take the whole. And I think we have solutions to deal with that today, um, which is a good thing, but yeah. Let's not forget about that. I think what you just said there about designing, you know, but, you know, design great stuff, but actually not at the cost, not at the price of the planet, you said. I think that's a really key takeaway. Um, but final question, Eloise, and um, as I said to you when before we started recording, I will be coming to Paris to um, to film something that you're doing, maybe maybe with the next harmonious, um, you know, the, the yeah. <laughs> harmony glass. Um, I think that's going to say glass harmony rather. Um, that would be really nice. So uh, when we can move, I'll be on the Eurostar and I'll be I'll be I'll be waiting outside your office with a camera. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, my, the final question, which um, regular listeners of the podcast knows, um, if you could paint the world with this with a magic brush of biophilia, <laughs> what would it look like? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, actually, you know, we. We, we, we live in a more and more urbanized world. Um, I read that by 2050, it will be 70% of the population living in cities, which is used. And our cities are getting denser and denser. We continue to, to, to build. Like for instance, here I'm in, in an office in La Défense. So it's the business district of Paris. 
and there are already a, a lot of skyscrapers actually, but every year there, there are more, there are new ones that are being built. And I like, how, how can that happen? You know? And yeah. of course that has an impact uh, on, uh, on the landscape, on, on, on the soil, on the biodiversity, but also on, 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 on our views, what we, we, we can see from windows and on the quantity of daylight, it kind of, you know, remove uh, our right to light, yeah. you know? And, and I, I mean, I'm saying that because also I'm thinking about a, a very recent example. So, so I live in an apartment, you know, which has four floors. And um, one of my neighbor and her daughters came to visit us, you know, and they live at the first floor and while I live on the fourth floor. And once the, 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 the daughter came uh, in my apartment, the first remark that they said, they, they, they were saying, hey, mommy, mommy, come look, we can see the sky from the windows. I was like, oh. wow. Oh, yeah, you know, I was almost shocked, you know, I was like, okay, that's the first remark that, yeah. that they told to, to their mommy, they can see the sky, because actually I realized that from the first floor, because there is actually a building in front of my apartment, it blocks part of the sky and part of the daylight. And I realized that this was so important. I even forgot about that, you know, in my own house. So if I have some magic brush of biophilia, probably I would remove, you know, some of buildings. I would replace that with, uh, I don't know, more trees, the lake, you know, so, so that everyone can have this, this chance to, 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 to have a view to, to the sky, to the landscape, to have the daylight. Um, for me, it's it's precious, and I tend to forget about that. And I guess that people tend to forget about that also. But I mean, it's so uh, a source of joy for for anyone, even if we work, if we we, we are working from home or from the office or in a school, everywhere, I guess. Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast.